Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Living for Food podcast with your host, Olivia Bria. Today on the podcast, we have a talented content creator, food photographer, entrepreneur, and obviously a mega foodie just like me. This was definitely a really fun conversation that went in all different directions from New York City restaurant recommendations to travel tips to advice for up and coming content creators. So please join me in welcoming Jessica Hirsch, aka at Cheat Day Eats. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Of course, of course. So for listeners, Jessica and I met really briefly at the New York Times Food Festival. And basically for context, it was like there was a ton of headliners. There was like Ina Garten was there. Then the cast of The Bear was doing like a Q&A and Padma Lakshmi was there and stuff. And then a ton of content creators like yourself were there as well. But I was actually, it's so funny because I was kind of covering the festival and the event. And so I was going up to people and like um, television personalities and content creators. And it was actually the first event that I got to bring my dad to. And (laughs) he was like off of the moon, but I still make fun of him for this because I went up to you and he was like, oh my God, you guys are so cute. Like take a picture. And I was like, dad, this is professional. Like, it's just so embarrassing. But like, that's real. Like, that's real, you know? And I love that. My dad would do the same thing. (laughs) Literally after that, I was like, it was a really cute picture, but just should I bring you to things in the future? (laughs) It was so cute. Oh my gosh, I love that. My dad would, my dad, he, he benefits from all the food I get. So I, I know he appreciates it. Oh yeah, it. <laughs> no, so does my dad. He was so excited to see Ina Garten too. And I was like, oh, I love she's her. So she's adorable. the best. And I just love hearing her speak. And she has so much knowledge about the culinary world too. It's just so amazing. She's always been one of my favorites. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, me too. And she has, I think when I was writing an article about her, she had at least 13 cookbooks at that time, which is totally insane um, to think about the longevity of her career. Yeah. I remember I went up to you too and I was like, are you at Cheat Day Eats? And then I was like, you have a name. <laughs> I totally love it though. Like yeah, I always feel like super blessed or shy when people uh-huh. recognize me, you know? So yeah, it's weird. I appreciate it. Yeah, it must be so <laughs> weird because you don't really know what to do. <laughs> I know. No, I love it though. And I always feel bad when someone says they saw me after and like they were too nervous Aww. to come up to me. I'm like, no, like totally. I love it, you know? Yeah. Well, your content is relatable too. I mean, I don't feel yeah, like, it's for like sure. anything crazy. And obviously your personality yeah. comes through it. So that's so cute though. That Thank you, you. <laughs> for everything. And Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm sure you have such an amazing job. Thank you. I know. I want to get into that a little bit too. Because just like your food background in general, I know you were a math teacher before this. Yes. So I actually have no background in food. I studied to be a math teacher, which is honestly what I thought I'd be doing for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to be a math teacher in high school. So I just followed that path. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that food has always been like a passion of mine, checking out restaurants, like even starting in high school, like just like. I loved food. Mm-hmm. Just like, I felt like it was one of those things that compared to my friends, I noticed that I would get more excited than they would or just plan my weekend eats. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things also that I feel like plays into what I do now is whenever I would do anything, I always loved having a camera on me mm-hmm. and like capturing the moment. What And obviously back then it used to be photos, um, but for me capturing content and just like being able to remember that moment has always been a passion of mine. So it's kind of like two things together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely that friend too. It's like no one eats <laughs> unless my phone yeah. is yeah. out first. They learned. I yeah. trained them. So like, I don't know if you want me to kind of go into like how it went from a math teacher to this, but. I do. No, I definitely do. 
Yeah. Let so <laughs> I, I'm able to summarize it pretty quickly. Obviously there's a lot of details that in, in the middle, but I'll try to share the most that I can. So I was a high school math teacher and I was doing that for seven years and I was in the South Bronx and I lived in uh, up the Upper East Side. So I actually was super excited about that because it was my first time living in New York City with my now husband and we would plan everywhere we were eating. And I noticed that that time around 2014 is when Instagram, like I saw, saw a community of people who were posting about food. And so I was like, oh my God, am I not alone? Like people are super excited to go out and eat and share what they're posting. Like this is my people, you know? So I started my account and I started posting photos and people started following me and I was like, wow, like this is so exciting. And for me, it's always been about community and just being able to connect with people and having, you know, the places that have brought me joy and to share that and hope that someone else will visit that restaurant and find that same excitement out of, you know, like, let's say like a hot fudge Sunday, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really it started to grow and I was like, okay, this is really exciting. I still remember my first paid opportunity and I filmed it like on my balcony and it was like terrible, but I mean, for at that time, I thought it was so great, you know, mm-hmm. and restaurants started to reach out to me, actually, and invite me to, you know, dine. And that was exciting. Like, wow, like they want me to eat for free. Like, this is great. They also started to ask me if I would run their social media accounts and help them oh. create content. So I feel like I was kind of like one of those first people who started to take on those clients. And at, at which point I had like five or six. Are you doing that now So still? I was posting on their no. Um, so I, I was doing that while I was still teaching. Okay. So I felt like I like lived this double life for like probably around two years. I was, you know, le- working during the day as a teacher. And then after I was going to events, capturing content for restaurants, posting on social media for myself, but also for the restaurants. And I felt like I had two jobs. Uh, also within that time frame, I was getting sponsored posts as well. So it just felt like there was a time where in 2017 about where I was like, okay, like I can't do both anymore. And this is it. Like, I'm just going to like better myself, start my own business. And it just felt really natural for me. Like I wasn't nervous, which is kind of crazy. Like my mom and dad were definitely like, wait a second, you have a pension and all these things, you know, like they're so they worked one job their entire life. So I think for them, they were like, I don't think this is the way to go. Like this thing might not last. Um, But for me, I was like, no, this is it. I'm going all in. And I was, I think the one thing, the last straw was that I got invited to the world's 50 best restaurant. And it was in Australia and I couldn't go. And it was such a dream of mine to go there. And it was like such a great opportunity. And I had to say no because I had an obligation to be a teacher and I couldn't just like take off two weeks, you know, and any, any other job, I feel like you could have, you know, pulled it off and like Mm -hmm. taken your time or whatever. But as a teacher, you have to be there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, For sure. So I was like, okay, like that's that's huge. That's, that's an honor for sure. For sure. And yes, I think that was like the last straw. You know what? Like I'm not missing any amazing opportunities like this. Like if I want to go back to teaching, I can, but this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to just go all in and devote all my time because look what I've created with half of my time, you know? Right. And so actually, interestingly enough, um, Brian, my partner and husband left his job also in January. And so he actually went, um, became my like partner officially, like at that point. And I didn't leave till obviously the end of the school year in, in June. So he went full time. Yeah, before I that's crazy. I'm kind of on a similar path because I'm freelance. So my parents are like, what about health benefits in your 401k? I'm like, mm, life goes on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know you can't, you can't like live for these things. And I think that it's just, it's definitely like an older mentality. That's just the way that mm-hmm our parents grew up this like security where I feel yeah. like our generation is just like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. No, that's literally my entire mantra is life will go on. I'll figure it out. And yeah. it stresses yeah. other people out. And sometimes me too, but. 
it goes on for sure. Well, that's yeah. amazing because I feel like you were kind of ahead of the curve in some ways because now there's so many food accounts and stuff like that who do really well and there's so many content creators, but you were kind of like the OG. Oh, for sure. OG. <laughs> I love that. I know. It's it's amazing though. Like I'm back in New York City and I move around a lot, but it's interesting to see how, well, I, with TikTok, it's just a saturated environment, especially in New York City. I feel like everyone has an account and whether they post on TikTok or Instagram or both. Okay. So it's a total different platform and you just got to change with it. And yeah, I think that it's great to see other people who are still like, creating accounts. And yeah, doing there's well some stuff too. too. I'm like, you should have gatekeeped that. Like, don't post like, every <laughs> single thing like you ever go to because then it's going to get so flooded and then you'll never be able to go again. <laughs> but no, yeah. no I, I love your content too. Are you from New York originally? Yeah, so I'm from the suburbs. I'm Rockland County. Okay. Um, so it's upstate, uh, depending on who you ask, but it's not too far. It's only 45 minutes from the city. And I grew up there. And so, yeah, moving into the city was really like my like, first big move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we traveled. We were actually traveling full time. So when I left my job in 2017, we were like, all right, we're leaving the city. We left the city and we were traveling. So that was a really big part of our job at that point, because tourism was uh, one of our biggest clients as far as, you know, different tourism boards, like hiring us to come to their destinations to promote the food. Because I mean, I don't know about you. So you obviously love food. Like that's why one of the main reasons I travel to eat all these different places. Yes, that's the only reason I travel half the time. (laughs) Basically, me too. So I think that they started to catch on to that. So we were getting hired to go to all these different places, which was super amazing. And then uh, the pandemic hit. So that kind of changed from travel to recipes, which is a big pillar in my Yeah, yeah. I was wondering that because you post a lot of pasta recipes and things like that. What did cooking look like for you when you were younger? Was that something you were into or do you more enjoy going to restaurants and posting that way? So it's interesting because I think when I was younger, I did not actually cook that much. And even in college, I still actually have this like horror story of me making penne vodka and I didn't realize, but I used strawberry vodka because oh, no. it looked the same as the regular. And I like used it not realizing <laughs> it was so bad. Um, I would make like chocolate covered strawberries. Like I always love a hack. I've never been one to spend hours on a recipe. I'm like, if it's that, like if I look at a recipe and there's multiple steps, it's not going to happen. <laughs> now I definitely like feel like I'm more confident in the kitchen. And because the recipes were kind of, I'll say like forced upon me in a way, I felt like I had to reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. I really love it. And it's another outlet for me. And I feel like it pushes me to learn more about food, which is great because now it's not just like going to a restaurant and eating, understanding what flavors go together and combinations. And for me, I've always loved pasta. It's just one of my favorite things to eat. So like naturally I started to integrate that and I noticed that's apparently like my people like they love it too so that tends to perform yeah yeah I mean I'm Italian so pasta is my life but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna say it's I'm not Italian and pasta is my life (laughs) yeah like you don't have to be but it's just like something that's in my blood I think I just yeah pasta and I definitely get like people from who are from Italy, they're like, what are you doing to the pasta? Especially remember, I don't know, during the pandemic, there was actually a dish, a mac and cheese where you put the dry pasta in and then covered it in milk. And last I was going to ask would... you about that. That's so <laughs> funny. Wait, that's so funny that you brought that up because that was one of the trends I was going to ask you if you were on board with or not. <laughs> I I mean, I loved it because like I said earlier, I'm one of those people, less steps or one one pot wonders are like my favorite because I want as le- like the least amount of cleanup as possible. And I just thought that it was fun. Is it the best way to make it? No, it was an easy hack. And I think people love to take away like something that they could do at home that maybe they have you know, a family to cook for and they could just throw everything in and it works for them. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that, yeah, it didn't come out like the best, but it was easy. and Right. right. I mean, people are always going to comment when it comes to literally, especially if something goes viral, like if something goes viral, like I don't even pay attention to people who are mean. I'm like, "Uh, I I don't either. (laughs) I'm like, I get comments on my articles all the time. I'm like, 
this is wrong. You shouldn't be enforcing this. I'm like, I just said you could make pasta the way you want it. <laughs> it's like, right. it's I not know. that deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that deep. It's true. And it's good to have that. I think that's probably one of my biggest things that I'll say to other creators who are affected by it. Just let it roll off your back because it's literally not worth the energy to get upset over people's comments who are negative. You know, right. it's just, it's more I feel on like too, it's us. like, you never claim to be an expert or like the ba- most connoisseur in the like, field. <laughs> yeah, I'm all be like, hey, chef, cheat dates here. Definitely not. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, the the just casual in the kitchen. That's that's be my new name, casual. In the no, kitchen. literally, literally too. And I get comments too, like if I um, interview big names like Rachel Ray or Guy Fieri, I get comments about what they said, and I'm like. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like they know, no, the they know here. what's up. Yeah. Like they are the experts. Right. <laughs> so learn from them because I certainly am right. learning from them for sure. <laughs> so because you focus on New York most often, I'm curious to know what does the perfect day in New York look like eating wise for you? Like where would you go first? Is that tough? So it's so funny because now we're back and I feel like there's this, um, we were in Miami for six months or so and coming back and living in Williamsburg. It's my first time living in Williamsburg, which is like super exciting because this is food town, food central. We're next to Greenpoint. There's so much. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there, there's this rush. Like I feel like I need to get to all these places that I have bookmarked from when I've been living in Miami, because even within the past year, so much has opened. So there's just, I think since the pandemic, there's just been restaurant after restaurant and all the chefs are like opening new spots, which is really exciting to see. And are you asking my favorite all time places or like where I went this Sunday? (laughs) Ooh, that's good. I don't know if I should do it. Let's do favorite. Let's do all time favorite. Okay. So I would definitely start at Clinton Street Baking Company for their pancakes because they are the best in the world. I like... I have been actually on a pancake. Uh, I'm basically trying to find the best pancakes in New York City. Knowing very well that my favorites are Clinton, but like trying to find anything that lives up to that. And I've hit four or five places recently. And like, while they're good, nothing will compare. So okay, that's just my all-time breakfast spot. And I love it. Actually, in addition to their pancakes, everything they do there is great. Okay, including their Excel. I have an Excel spreadsheet because I'm I'm really intense about the restaurant game. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that. Yeah. No, so I'm that's the way to do it. <laughs> I've seen their pancakes somewhere. They're to die for, and I will say so. The blueberry is like what made them famous. I think Bobby Flay probably did a throwdown or you know something oh, yeah. one of those shows back in the day. But their blueberry ones are what they're famous for. But the chocolate chip ones are my favorite. Um, during February, they do pancake month and they do alternating limited flavors that are next level incredible. Okay. The maple butter is just like, I don't know what they put in that, but it's that addictive. Good. And um, Neil, the chef is just uh, so incredible. Everything he does and everything that comes out of that kitchen is done to perfection, in my opinion. So even something like the uh, eggs benedict it's like one of my favorites in the city oh really that's that's saying a lot because there's a lot of egg benedicts going around new york it's my favorite <laughs> and they do one with a laka on the bottom which i absolutely love with like a smoked salmon the fried chicken there is great their desserts are great too i usually go for brunch and i get the pancakes which are slightly desserty anyway so i usually don't gut them but when i do they're like have you done a amazing. partnership with them yet because if you haven't you should <laughs> No, but like, I know the owners and we're always talking and I told them, I'm like, I'm back in New York. Like I got to come by, which is actually interesting because it's like right over the bridge. So I will definitely be going there. So that's where I'll have breakfast. Okay. All right. Breakfast um, okay. Then for lunch, I would have uh, Jacob's Pickle has my favorite buffalo chicken mac and cheese. They're also like a great brunch spot. But then if like someone's asking me my favorite, Clinton Street's going to be that because I feel like you can go to Jacob's Pickle and have like a great lunch too. But their mac buffalo mac and cheese is insane. It's it's so good. I've had it so many times, and like every time, I'm like, "Yep." So is Mason's pickle? Uh, is that related to Jacob's pickle? Is that yes? Okay. So Mason Pickle is Jacob's Pickle's sister restaurant. It's a little more like elevated, I'll say, like where Jacob's Pickle is like southern and very like casual. 
Maison Pickles like a little bit has a little more of an elevated feel. Okay. I feel like there's cocktails there. Um, there's different sandwiches. I feel like you get like a steak at night. Um, they have those big, crazy, tall cakes, which I've gotten before, which are delicious. So you're definitely going to still be able to get buffalo chicken at both of them, the buffalo chicken mac and cheese Ooh, and their classic okay. mac. Yeah. And they also offer fried chicken on French toast, which is to die for too. All around, like both all of these restaurants, I feel like you can get everything and you're going to be in good hands. And that's why I love it. But that specific mac and cheese is like, if you're going there, you have to order it. Right, right. So where are we going next? Are we going for a snack, happy hour? So now because we're on the Upper West Side, you're going to want to go up a little further and go to Mama's too for the best pizza in New York, which is obviously a big statement because pizza in New York is you know, a very hot topic. And I think that everyone has their own favorite, whether it be like Joe's or Bleecker Street Pizza, which I love too. Um, what's your favorite? Prince, Prince Street. Street. Okay. Prince Street, I yeah. see all the time, but I haven't been okay. there. Oh my gosh. So I'm not. Totally okay, Prince Street's great. I do think it's changed a little bit over the last few years since they've expanded. They actually have a location okay. in Miami as well. So uh-huh. that style that they're kind of famous for which is like a little thicker like the sicilian style is what frank from mama's 2 is famous for it's these really like it's called sicilian style pizza yes. i believe he says it um and like the flavor combinations that he does isn't reaching you know like i feel like they're not supposed to be crazy but they are interesting they go so perfect he does like a poached pear and blue uh, gorgonzola or something and it's just oh. Crazy combos but like i remember the first time we had it we're like we just like got it because we're like oh whatever we'll try it and it was mind blowing how amazing it was. And there's just the perfect crunch on the outside of the pizza. So flavorful. He only uses the best ingredients. And I feel like he prides himself on that and you could really taste it. So I, I just love it. it. And I know he's opening up a location in the West Village too. So I'm oh, really pumped. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because it's really far up. And I feel like that's why maybe people don't make the trek up to the, it's like 106 in Broadway. So it's not. Oh. You know, something that people are like, you're in the middle of the city, you want to go all the way up there. But now that it's going to be in the West Village, I feel yeah, like that's for sure. Super you know, exciting. what's funny is the amount of times I've been in New York, I think I've eaten pizza probably like one time. It is oh my so gosh. embarrassing to admit. I, it is. <laughs> you need to change that. I know. Well, I just moved to LA, so I don't know if I'll be able to change that much. Right oh my gosh. Well, that's exciting. Where did we, when I was just in LA like a few months ago, there's so many great Oh yeah. I'm too. like kind of learning. I know it's a lot of tacos. I was talking about um, to a chef in the last podcast I recorded, he was telling me about the taco scene and like everything. But... Yeah. And that's great because they're like so cheap and they're like the mm-hmm. trucks, right? So you're just like kind of pulling up. Super right. casual. Um, I know Pizana is a great pizza spot there. I didn't go. I didn't go there this time, but in the past I did, and it was like a cacio e pepe oh. pizza, which was really okay. Delicious. I think too because I grew up in Connecticut, so I was commuting a lot into New York for media events. So often Makes at sense. the events, I would be eating the food, so I wouldn't really go right. before or after yeah. cause they were dinners or they were later or something like that. So I feel like half the stuff on my Excel spreadsheet is not checked off yet. So when I visit home. Well, next time you come, you will hit me up. We'll go to a bunch of them. (laughs) I'm totally down for that. Totally. Yeah. I know that's our new thing. I feel like every day that we go out, either I'll do recipes at home or I'll go to restaurants and like, I'll try to hit up with you in one day, which is, it's a lot, but I'll try to just do like small bites and like tastings and be able to kind of do my little right. hit list, you know, and, and check off a few, which is what I did this sun, the Sunday. And it was great. Cause it's like, you get to try a bunch. Right. Of I'm sure things. you get like the most asked question too, is if you eat everything that you post. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely eat everything, at least try it. But for example, this Sunday, we took home a bunch of leftovers and, you know, we'll eat it over the course of the next few days. Or we try to give things away when we can. For example, it was actually one of the best things ever we were filming this like tower and I had fried chicken sandwiches french fries like it was extravagant and me and my friend were going to like another dinner a few hours so I was like I'm taking like one bite because the dinner later was like a place I've been dying to go to and I was trying to save my appetite and how many fries how many fries and fried chicken can I eat (laughs) um so we asked you have to be careful because 
when we're doing like when we're filming for let's say a restaurant you can't always just pass free food over to some other table so this group next to us had just finished their food so we really didn't think that they were going to want this tower but we got the okay to give it to them or at least ask if they wanted it and they were ecstatic they were so excited and like it made my day because you know we get all this food and Mm -hmm. we're used to it and someone receiving this tower of food they were just so grateful and it made me so happy because I hate seeing things oh me too well I'm sure you made their day for sure absolutely yeah they were (laughs) they dm me and they're like where are those people like thank you it's like oh that's so cute (laughs) yeah but like even their reaction when we gave it to them like they just finished all this food and they're like yeah (laughs) that's funny it was so cute I loved it I like whenever I can we try to or even when I share with my friends because Let's say I film for Gold Belly and I love working with them. Their stuff's so great. And we get to try so many different things from around the country. And, you know, I they film, they'll send me a bunch of different packages. And obviously I can't eat six Fair. cakes, let's say. So I'm like, I'll share it with my friends. I bring it over and everyone's like so pumped. And I love sharing food with people. It's I do the favorite. same thing because I write so much about it. They're like, let's send samples. Let's send samples. I'm like... I yeah. I can only eat so many things. I'm like, no. So I, I donate right. it to a food pantry near me or give it to oh, that's friends. that's good. So are you able to donate if you're like already digging no. into things? No, or? no. It's, okay. That's, that's yeah, a problem. Because yeah. you have to show yourself eating it most of the time. But for me, I often post for the brand and be like, thanks, um, just to kind of build that relationship. And then, yeah. like, normally they're bigger brands like Nutella or something. So I already know how it's going to taste, you know. <laughs> um, so that kind of stuff. They just sent me a package a few weeks ago. And it had so many snacks. And I don't live with anyone else. So I was like, there's nowhere for this to go but somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. That's great, though. No, you have to share. And, yeah, we we pride ourselves. We try to give things away. I mean, you know, we try our best. Yeah, yeah. So where are you going for dinner? We didn't finish the day. (laughs) (sighs) You're right. Um, This is a tough one, actually, because I have a lot of dinner favorites. I will say for Charles. That one's impossible to get into. I actually tried getting a reservation this morning, and I was literally on that, like, at the moment, had it, and then I clicked it to confirm, and it was like, oh, that's gone. Um, yeah, it's really, but it's like, it's a solid meal. It's like an amazing burger and they have like a Sunday that has all the different toppings all around it that you get to add yourself. Okay. Um, they have a great cacio e pepe. So it's just like an all around indulgent, delicious meal. Very popular, hard to get in. Um, it's definitely like a vibe there, but relatively small, which is what I guess contributes to making it one of the hardest reservations to get in New York City. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I'll have to add that. Well, that rounds out a pretty good day. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Are you one of those people that orders desserts at the restaurant? Or do you like go somewhere else to for a dessert? I will say that I try to order it at the restaurant unless there's something nearby that I'm, yeah. I know I love. But for I like look for restaurants that have good desserts. Like when they don't, it just makes me sad because mm-hmm. what are you doing there? <laughs> you, need, you need to have the full appetizer to dessert everything yeah. I want. Um, but if, if I'm going for dessert, I have so many favorites for that. I mean, this one's kind of kitschy, but I feel like serendipity is always actually oh, one of my favorites. And that's like a really indulgent uh-huh. one. Um, they have like this cake, chocolate cake sundae. It's so crazy and over the top. And on that note, another crazy over the top dessert that I love that I was just telling my friend about is Carmine's has something called the Titanic. Really? And it's, yeah, it's gigantic. And I feel like a lot of people kind of shy away from Carmine's just because it's, you know, a chain and, you know, well, the one in Times Square, I try not to, I don't go to, I go to the one on the Upper West Side, but I went for my birthday (laughs) and like the the dessert's really great. And then there's like just the ice cream shops, like Mr. Dips is wonderful, Um, Oddfellows, Van Leeuwen. I just like, if I feel like I didn't get something at the restaurant, I feel like just getting like a scoop with like hot fudge and whipped cream and, and a brownie. Oh, anything <laughs> with a lava cake and ice cream is mm, what me and my family yes. are getting every time. Pretty much. <laughs> I agree. 
I love that. I love like the cold and the hot and like, I'm, I'm one of those people who won't get a scoop. It has like, to have like oh. a full kind of all the different toppings Same. on it. She dig. Same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, when I was in high school, my home friends are going to listen to this and be like, I remember this about you. I would go home every single day and literally eat ice cream with Oreos on top of it. Mm. And then like, I could never do that now because it's so not good for you. I know. I try. I try to make healthier choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, your whole thing is cheat days. So I mean, right, right. And the, and honestly, that has changed so much from when I started because the name cheat day eats has basically the idea that you eat, I'll say, like cleaner foods, right. and then you'll indulge, right, like on a day. Right. And it used to be where when I was a teacher, because of my job, I would bring you know yogurt and like fresh fruit in the morning and have like a salad lunch and I would go home and have you know lots of veggies and honestly this has never been something that's like forced I never felt like I had to eat those things those are things that I just enjoy like I enjoy vegetables I enjoy like seasonal vegetables I love roasting them like I I feel like people who tend to feel like they have to eat something to be healthy you're never going to stick to that. So I think that's one of the things that's like always a key in like a conversation for me is uh, I don't like when Monday rolls around, for example, for today, I tend to eat more on the weekends. It's just like, I feel like natural. Most people do. They're going out to dinners, they're meeting friends. And so like when Monday rolls around, I'm like, oh, I, I'm craving a salad. I'm excited to eat something a little lighter. That's just kind of naturally. Yeah, I, I, I kind of in the same way, especially if I don't feel as good as I normally do. Plus, it just helps me to function better if I'm eating a bit cleaner. But I think I've also yeah. learned a lot from the chefs that I've talked to and content creators that I've talked to just about recipe tips and stuff. Because there's so much that you can do that you don't realize that you can do with vegetables and you can grill yeah. like cabbage or make a Caesar salad or you can like do so many things. So I think there's ways to get creative with that as well, besides, you know, all of the, the cheat day of it all. Right, right. Yeah, like I, I love a good salad. Like when it's done right, there's not sometimes it's like I feel like we went to restaurants and we were ordering a salad to like have a balance. And I was like, wow, like some of these salads at the restaurants were so delicious and innovative and the way that they will grill like mm -hmm. lettuce that adds so much flavor and like this is amazing because i would always just get a chicken caesar salad like i didn't eat salads for the longest time <laughs> and i would always get the most basic <laughs> one which is nothing wrong with the classic but whenever yeah. i go out from ordering a salad i try to get something that i couldn't make at home myself or wouldn't at least to say is there yeah. a place that you go in the city for salad or is it just kind of anywhere <sighs> that's a good question Honestly, actually, funny enough, one of my favorite salads I had recently was in LA. Really? We went to, yeah, Frank, Frank um, what's the uh, pasta place? I don't know enough restaurants yet. <laughs> Wait, morning. hold on. Oh, wow. John and Vinny's. Yeah. yeah, and we had like this, it was a Calabrian chili breadcrumb on top, and it was just like something really like crunchy and delicious and fresh, and like it surprised us all. Yeah, like I said, we were ordering their signature fusilli right. and chicken parm and we got a dessert so we're like oh we'll get this salad you know balance and it was like we were like die we were digging into it we we're like this is amazing so i feel like there's just something sometimes it's just simple a simple salad where but they're done with the ingredients that add right, so right there's something just about carbs in a salad that hits different like pizza in a salad <laughs> it's such a summer thing too, yeah i think but i want to get too into your pasta recipes so you often make them with not a lot of ingredients. Is that correct? Like you try to make them easier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you could make pasta with only four or so ingredients, what ingredients would those be? What would you grab first? Uh, butter, garlic, heavy cream, and Parmesan cheese. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is like the non-classic uh, version of, you know, Alfredo. So that's the American Alfredo. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the base of a lot of mine. And I do tend to like gravitate towards that because I do like things that are like simpler and people can just create in 10, 15 minutes. I literally just made that basically with added cheese. And like, I found this really unique pasta. Like I love, that's one of my favorite things to do is 
find like a really cool pasta and this one actually has quattro something i've never seen it before so i saw i went to this market to grab a coffee and i see this like box of pasta i'm like yes but because it has these four prongs in the noodle i was like it's called quattro something i'm gonna butcher the name but so i'm just gonna leave it out but it's basically quattro so i was like okay so i'll do like a four cheese mac so i did parmesan mozzarella provolone and swiss um to play on that but i love the idea of something simple that someone can create in 15 minutes because i feel like that's you know, sometimes all people have for to make a dinner. Do people often come back to you and say they made a recipe and like yeah, absolutely for love sure. It? And actually, one of my most viral recipes wasn't a pasta. It was um the hash brown casserole that ends up going super viral. And it's actually one of my favorite things. And I made it like so many times, whether it be a hash brown tater tots. And I've saw people recreating that, and it made me like so excited. I feel like that's something that happened during the pandemic when I started recipes and people would recreate them Mm -hmm. and come back. And I felt like, okay, I could go to this restaurant in New York City and people are going to be excited to see it. Maybe they'll bookmark it. Maybe they live in New York City and they're going to go. I can create a recipe and anyone around the world can go to their grocery store for the most part and like pick up most of these ingredients and create it. And I just feel like I was reaching this new audience and that's so interesting to think sometimes I forget how many people can see or are looking at something I post I posted the four ingredient banana cookies I was like I literally make these all the time they're really healthy alternative I just sometimes bananas go to waste so I was like I'm just gonna post it and then I had people commenting oh I'm so excited to make this whatever I was like oh my gosh I forget that people actually see what I'm doing and then actually save it and do it themselves it's like such a great cool experience it's- I know. You know what's interesting too, actually, that you say that. Um, I, I post uh, one of the things I have been doing in the last few years is shuffle dancing, and I post them on my story. I saw that on TikTok. <laughs> my TikTok. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I was like, this is so fun. You're so cool. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I've gotten a lot of comments on TikTok about my shuffle dancing, but um, like in general, I post some of my stories and I have a really good response. Like people on Instagram know me, so. <laughs> I like think on TikTok, like you get all these new people, you know, like it's always getting pushed out to a new audience, which is, is wonderful mm-hmm. on Instagram. We feel like it's pushing it out to your own audience right? Um, that already follows you for the most part. So people like know me and they're watching and I'm like, okay, let's say I'm getting all these thousands of views on my stories and people are watching me. But if someone comes into the studio that I'm dancing in, I have like, oh my gosh, like I can't dance anymore. I'm so <laughs> nervous. Like someone's watching me <laughs> and I'm thinking, it wow, like thousands of people are going to watch this and I'm posting it. Like, why am I nervous about one person standing right in front of me? That is so true. It's so interesting because there's a connection on social media, but there's also kind of a lack of it when you hit post. Like, I don't see you you seeing it. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's like the eyeballs are on it, but you don't see it. Yeah, and like, for example, I think one of the things that I personally prefer is to go to restaurants when they're less busy for many reasons. I just think it's obviously easier for, let's say, the chefs that are cooking and creating things because mm-hmm. we're filming the content, um, but also like less eyes. Like I hate when I feel like all these people watching me, you know, yeah, while I'm doing have, my like, job. Yeah, you camera and everything. It's like- Yeah. Weird. And like a light, like the other day we had dinner and I was like, oh, this is like, it's kind of awkward. I'm still not, I, I know some people don't care. For me, I'm still feeling like, oh, I don't want to like impose on anyone else's right. experience. Well, that's true. But also, I'm sure they're jealous. <laughs> I'm sure fun. they're used to it. I feel like it's such a common thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, for example, I we had light and everything the other day. We were still eating early. It was like 530, but it was a Saturday. So the restaurant was busy. And someone messaged me like, oh, I was in the back over there. I was like, I hope I didn't mess up your dinner. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, no, it's all good. No, no. And they were like totally cool. So I think it's like, you know, sometimes more in your own head than. than I know. I have else. seen some, I think there was one story where a content creator was posting something and then they, one family or whoever it was, couple maybe like just had such an issue with it. And they were like, leave the restaurant. Yes. Like, I know exactly who you you're know speaking. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- and I've been to that restaurant. And so, yes, yeah, same thing. For me, I'm like a 5.30 reservation. Can I get in before the crowd? Because personally, I actually love getting in the kitchen with a chef. So obviously that's going to happen pre-service usually or at least a little bit before just to get that extra, you know, content where maybe something, a dish is being prepared. 
Is that normally when they DM you to come visit or do you DM It's a them? mix. Like if there's, I mean, I have a lot of connections with like restaurants in New York and all in Miami as well. And so it's, um, for the most part, I'm only going to the places I want to eat. So when people are like, oh, you're just taking free food anywhere and posting it and saying it's good, like never. I'm only going to places Well, that also that wastes your time. Why are you going to yeah. do that if it's, you know, not worth your time? Or energy. And I think there's a common misconception that like everyone, we just get free food all the time. Like if there's a restaurant that's not inviting me in that I want to go to, I'm going. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. I do that. I do that too. Just because sometimes they'll ask me to come in and write reviews and stuff. And sometimes they'll pay for it. But half the time, it's just me. It's been on my list forever. And I've just wanted to eat there for so long. Want to check it out. Yeah. So do you have a favorite cheat day meal of all time? Like, what would it be? Would it be ice cream? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, my love for pasta. I feel like when we were in Rome, I think Roman, like Roman dishes, Roman pastas are our favorite, like cacio e pepe, amatriciana, like having that and then going to get gelato with Nutella on a waffle my perfect scenario like I'm literally like drooling thinking about that (laughs) yeah like we would eat for we were eating pasta for breakfast lunch and dinner and it and we were so basic we were like literally cacio pepe amatriciana carbonara we would get the same thing like we would never try anything else and we just loved it so much so we're like we're gonna eat this for like five days straight for every single meal (laughs) (laughs) I yeah are you kidding me have you been to Cinque Terre Yes. Okay. Have you had a long time? It's been a long time, but yeah. Okay. Cause when I, I like lived in Italy for a few months and every place that I went to, I looked up what the origin was or what they're known for kind of thing, because the last time I was there, I didn't do that. And I would just eat cacio e pepe every single time I went out. But now I was looking up the origin and like what they're known for and the history behind it. And I know that Genoa, Italy, and Cinque Terre actually are known for their pesto. Yes. So I took it there and like that was the, I still think about it all the time. So it's funny that you say that because my husband always wants to order cacio e pepe no matter where we are in Italy. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like if they (laughs) offer it, it's probably a tourist trap. Like that's true. You know? (laughs) No, no. Uh, But yeah, it's always great getting like the dishes that they're known for. And like the pesto, I just to die for. Oh, so good. So now that we're talking about traveling, I wanted to get more into that part of your lifestyle blog. Is there one place that you've traveled that you would just recommend everyone visit at least once? Rome. (laughs) There. I I know. Like, (laughs) yeah. I, I mean, there's so many. Like, honestly, we've traveled a lot and we've definitely shifted. So we haven't traveled as much in the last few years, like we did before, but uh, so hard. I really do love Rome though. And I know a lot of people would not say Rome because it's like a city and whatnot. But for me, like that's just our favorite type of food. So we, we just love it. And there's obviously a lot of history there. I also love Paris. I know that's cliche too, but like we went there during our honeymoon. We also cliche for a reason. Yeah, I mean, we just went there and it was the most amazing weather and the food's incredible and just walking the streets. It's so romantic. I feel like those are so basic of an answer. No, no, are you kidding me? There's so many amazing. I mean, I want to go back to to Israel. My husband hasn't been I've been and the food there is incredible I love Mediterranean food too Mm -hmm. just feels like light and like comfort comforting at the same time which I really enjoy so I feel like sometimes like uh like all I want is like hummus and falafel so I love that also but yeah I think those I'll say Rome I'll stick with Rome all right cool I mean all good answers so is there like an underrated food from your travels or something that you remember that you think everyone should try to, is there something that stood out to you? Like a meal? Hmm. Ooh. I don't know if you're that kind of person that like remembers the time and place I ate something, but I do that. <laughs> I usually do. I'm trying to, I feel like there's been so much that I'm trying to, I don't like, sometimes I'll, for, 
I'll forget until like I see the photo and I'm like, oh my God, you remember that? I mean, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I feel like in Peru, like we had so many incredible dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to like, obviously there's a lot of world's 50 best restaurants there. And mm-hmm. we went to one of the restaurants there, but like just actually all the food there that we had was incredible. Um, in Mexico City, we went to this restaurant and it was the most like unassuming like tuna tostada that I feel like I was like blown away by that I, mm-hmm. I still think about that. And this is the craziest story actually of that. So we're in Mexico City. My husband must have eaten something like the night before and didn't vibe well with him. But we uh-huh. had this restaurant planned and he's like, all right, we're going to go. So we go to the restaurant and I get all this seafood and this tuna tostada and Next to us is the owners from Clinton Street Baking Company. Oh, no way. In Mexico City at the same restaurant at the same time. It was so, it was such like, yeah, small world. So it was great because we, I ended up ordering all this food because I wanted to try it. But obviously it was just me because my husband wasn't feeling well. He couldn't eat it. So we Mm -hmm. were like sharing all the food. Of course, I got like five desserts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because they come over with like the, the huge thing, like of all the desserts to choose from. And I'm like, I want that mm-hmm. one with that one and that one. And you're only here one. So I got to just got to right, all, right. you know. Um, right. So yeah, I'll say that. You know, it's so funny is like one of my best meals was actually when I was in Venice. <laughs> it was, this is bizarre. We went to an all you can eat sushi place. Oh in my Venice, gosh. That's just so crazy. Yeah, it was weird. It was like right near our Airbnb. And we were passing this couple who was traveling too. And they were like, come eat here. Best sushi I've ever had. I swear on my life. Like, this is so good. So we are like, now we can't walk past them. We have to eat here. And we did. And it was so good. That's crazy. I mean, because it was all you can eat. I made my friend eat most of it because I started getting sick. And I was like, I can't eat this, but you have to pay for it if you don't finish it. Uh... Um, I'm going to have to go there. I've never been to Venice, actually. Oh, you have been to like so many cities and places in Italy. But for some reason, Venice, we've somehow not visited yet. So that's definitely on the list. It should be because it's just like, it's kind of its own little place almost just with the gondolas and the water and the canals and stuff. And it's just, it's very peaceful and it's beautiful and it has all of similar foods, but it's just kind of a different vibe. Yeah, um, it sure. has like this piazza, like right in the middle where they're playing music and they have some other touristy attractions that you could go to, but definitely. It's definitely on my list. Yeah. I think yeah. we'll, we'll end up going one time and like, like along the way to somewhere else, you know, like, a yeah, 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 you definitely should. So with all of your travels um, and stuff like that in your Instagram account, do you have a packing tip? Like what would your number one packing tip be? Um, actually I will pride myself on this. We have traveled months in Europe and like I had a carry on. Um, I think the you. number one thing with, for women is like shoes, I would say is like the biggest, uh, space holder. Mm-hmm. So I feel like thinking about like, just like a white shoe that goes with everything and then like one heel and just know that you can kind of match it all together. Um, I think having like two shorts, but like, let's say 10 shirts, you can wear the two shorts with like the 10 shirts and like switch it out. I guess one benefit is I usually all my shirts and all my little bathing suits are usually small. And we usually travel where we're going somewhere warm. So that obviously helps. Okay, um, right. But just like having a few staples and then things that you could pair with it, I think is key. Uh, mm-hmm. And know that you could buy a lot of those like hair products and bigger items wherever you're going as long as it's not like a type of place that you wouldn't be able to have access to that um but you know like I know the hotel will have like hair products you know my hair will be okay for a few days if I use someone (laughs) something else you know yeah I think that's that's probably it but I just tried to be smart I think like I said the shoes is like the probably the biggest thing and the and like products right I know I've learned I don't need to take my entire skincare routine like I'll survive without it (laughs) but also I'm a shopper so I buy a lot of new clothes wherever I travel (laughs) but you can always ship it home too if you need to I guess but yeah I think like that's uh it was so like funny I feel like people always my friends will like actually call me and be like help me pack and I like I I think listing everything out and then like you realize I would think most part people always pack too much and like they never end up wearing it 
where are you going? What kind of like dresses do you need? Do you, are you going somewhere fancy? Do you need like a nice shoe? I mean, most of the time I end up bringing a heel and I'll never wear it or wear it once. And it's like, well, could I live without that? Like, did I need to bring like four different pairs of shoes? Like, no. Right. Or another tip is like, if you're bringing a sneaker, an extra sneaker in your luggage, put your socks, as many socks as you can in the space of your actual sneaker. Um, I do so that it's too. Like being like, yeah. And actually a lot of people put me on using the packing cues where you can stuff a lot into those bags and then like air it, air it out. And like, it kind of, take something that is like this big and makes it this small. So just being smart with your space. Right, right. Something I learned (laughs) the hard way. (laughs) You know what I do pack that probably most people don't that I'm always surprised about is on my actual carry-on, I always have snacks. Oh, me too. (laughs) I went, traveled to Canada and I ended up bringing my friend. I usually travel with Brian. So this happened to be that he, he couldn't join and we were like on, you know, on this flight and we had to, had a stopover and everything. She didn't have a sack. She go, I figured we'd have time in between. I'm like, well, what if we don't? <laughs> now you're going to, now you're going to be traveling for like eight hours and you don't have a snack on you. Like that's unacceptable. You're going to be yeah. miserable. <laughs> yeah. And I, we always have like a water bottle so we could fill up at the, um, in the airport. But like, I will have four or five protein bars. I always bring protein bars with me everywhere. People think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. but I don't care because <laughs> then, then they're going to oh. be asking me for my protein bar. <laughs> no, that's my sister is going to listen to this and be like, ding, ding, because I make fun of her for bringing full meals. She will literally I've prepare, done that too. <laughs> yeah, she'll prepare meals and be like, what are you doing? Like, and, and then I'm like starving and dehydrated. Yeah, no, you have to. I mean, nowadays they give you like literally one peanut. They like are so cheap on the flights. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've been on so many flights recently. They give you like one of those sad looking cookies. I'm like, well, well, that's not gonna even do anything. Even if you were hungry and you ate that, you know, what is that gonna get you? Yeah. And then you have to pay for like one of those meals. They're just garbage sandwiches. Like, I rather bring my own food. <laughs> no, same. I started bringing protein bagels. Oh, too. I have to try you can that. Find them at like Whole Foods or yeah. something. They last, the carbs last you a little longer. Right. And the, and the protein in it too. But I was like, I'd rather eat this than your stale bread. Yeah. For sure. So I think that's actually <laughs> one of my packing tips. Bring food. And oh, you know what's a great one? Like those uh, liquid IVs having like the nutrients mm. in it. So I feel like when you travel, sometimes you just get dehydrated. And I feel like that's like you could drink water when you get there at the airport, fill it up, add that in there. And just makes you feel better. Yeah, because I don't like to drink a lot on the plane either because I don't want to have to go to the bathroom every Same. four seconds. That's very stressful for me. <laughs> me too. I think it's a woman thing. So my husband's like, drink water. You're going to be on the plane. You can go to the bathroom. I'm like, I don't want to go to the bathroom. No. I'd rather sit in my seat for a full eight hours and not move yeah. than go to the bathroom. I know, that might be a little worse. No, I, I yeah. always have to, but I, I, get the, I get the idea. I never want to get up. No. And I like the window seat too. So if I don't know the people next to me, I feel so bad. <laughs> I do too. So, I get yeah, I'm like, I'm probably thinking that's definitely a female. I think that's a female thing. I'm curious to hear oh, from probably. other people. I feel like men wouldn't care. They'd be like, I got to go to the bathroom, get up. <laughs> really? Yeah, excuse me. Can I, can you get up? Cause I have to use the restroom. <laughs> that's so funny. No, the last time I was on a plane, I was with my sister, but she wanted the aisle seat and I wanted the window seat. So she was like, we'll just have someone sit in between us. And it ended up being like, so like 10 year old kid. And Aww. he was playing his video game. And I, the minute we got on the plane, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. I drank Starbucks right before this. I had a green tea lemonade. I have to go. And then I thought, and she was like, the kid is here. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I just, please move. <laughs> See, they, he probably doesn't care. No, he probably didn't care, but <laughs> he was probably like, why is this girl stressing out? Over like the, in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the first five minutes. So I want to get into what's next for you. Like, what are you working on now? Do you have any upcoming projects or collabs that you would be able to speak on? Um, for us right now, I think it's just a big change for us being back in New York. So I feel like we're kind of focusing on those New York partnerships and like creating the community again back here because we have been in Miami for a few months. So like I'm just really, I'm really excited to actually just connect with more content creators because I feel like that was something that 
I focused a lot on in Miami. Um, and that's um, something that I used to do a lot when I was in, living in New York is like work, you know, collabs with other creators. I feel like it's a really big way to just connect with other creators, but also their audience as well. Cause obviously we have a lot of similarities. Um, I can't speak on anyone yet, but um, one of my biggest like, kind of overall collabs, I was always with Sony. Um, so I know we didn't get to mention that. And that's something we pride ourselves on is our content. And I've been with a Sony Alpha Collective, which is a select group of photographers that they work with. And mm-hmm. every summer they host something called Cando and they host all of these amazing content creators and photographers. Uh, and you get, there's different seminars. You get to learn from other creators and they have all these opportunities to film amazing content. They just they go crazy. It's going to be wild. And I was not able to attend last year because we got married. So I'm really excited for this summer and just to connect with other photographers. And there's just so much knowledge, you know, obviously like I'm a food photographer and a lot of the other photographers uh, shoot landscape portrait. And so there's just so much to learn. And I think that's one of my biggest things I would say to any other creators is learn from others because I feel like you just want to share and that's where I get the most benefit. I feel like sometimes in this community, you know, like, especially if you don't have friends that are in it, like you could feel lost. And there's so many of us out there now, especially with the TikTokers and stuff. I feel like just like connecting. And your um, content is so quality too. I remember Thank you. in college, I took a digital production class and the cameras are so much harder to figure out than you think, at least in my experience, because there's so much that goes into it and so much knowledge that you have to have beforehand to get the right contrast to get, I think it was ISO. Yeah. I don't even no, remember. You're good. You got yeah, it. Like, yeah. There are- oh, that, okay, okay. Well, I was even <laughs> speaking with a photographer um, who's also this amazing baker in New York city. And he was saying how he's actually changed back to using his phone because like with today's social media platforms, there's definitely like a shift. And I think you'll notice like TikTok has more of like a relatable content um, where they feel like they're yes. using their phone. It's not as polished where me and my other friend were just talking about how we're so trained on having this, look you know that's just the way that we've done it for so many years that it's hard for us to just abandon that and go from something like a digital camera which you're getting all these like special like kind of this specific look and then go to the phone and you know just film which I do a balance I try to to create a little bit of a balance and I think that with each platform I try to you know have something where it feels like more organic on TikTok or on still on Instagram, I still have this like polished look that people like know me for. Yeah, I was gonna say because I mean, altering it would change your brand. And you're you're known for that polish, yeah. the white. And um, I think that at the end of the day, like people hire me for the quality. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, there's the distribution to my audience as well. But like the quality, they know they're getting like this high content versus something like a phone and then they edit on the phone. And just like everything you do on the phone ends up going down and down as you like edit it and stuff. Not that the phone, the right. phones now are incredible. I will say that. Like, I, I know a lot of people who film on the phones and you're like, well, that looks amazing. But for me, I'm just actually used to my camera and how it looks and having the control. And I think uh, you were mentioning all the different ways and settings that you can use to help achieve a certain look. And I've, you know, studied that and learned that. And I think, so for me, it's like, I love to be able to like implement that into my content and, and, you know, showcase that. And I think that brands love that. I think my audience loves that. Um, it's just finding a balance, knowing that, you know, not, it might not relate to people on TikTok and like, how can I change that? Right. Yeah. It's so hard to come up with content for every platform, but it's the same content. We get to change it. Yeah. So for me, what I do is I'll like film a few things on my phone, but like some of the food shots, I'll still film on my camera because I feel like I want that like crystal clear. Let's say if I was doing like a shot of the restaurant as I was walking in, I'll film that on my phone and I'll like use the 0.5 lens and like get like this wide shot. So like, it's really like showcasing the street and the restaurant. 
and just like maybe a few shots of me like casually eating and integrate that mm-hmm. too. So there's just like a little bit of a balance. And you're almost at 500,000 followers. I know. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, I hope that number by the time oh, this podcast is I hope so too. But... <laughs> Are you going to do something big for it? I don't know. Maybe. Like I, I keep going back and forth. I'm like, I know I should celebrate because it's big. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do, I'm trying to think of something creative. you have any fun ideas? Ugh. Well, I mean, I always see the regular ones, which is like the cakes yeah. and balloons and all that stuff. I know. I was thinking about but like maybe a pizza like- with like five, zero, zero. Not that I need three pizzas, but that's too much. And I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn. Yeah, but your account is big. Hmm? That's the point. You know? Yeah. Like your account is supposed to be, you know, grandiose or something Right. Like I mean, that, you could just so. say 500 on the pizza. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like not, nothing that I've thought of is like exciting to me yet, but I feel like it'll hit me like, <laughs> you should go to like serendipity and then like create your own um Sunday oh that's a cute idea i like that something something ice cream or pasta related Ooh. <laughs> or pizza that's all okay now i just gave you i just said everything yeah <laughs> so that's not all no the pasta actually <laughs> i didn't think of that but that that could be interesting <laughs> yeah yeah do something with that and then we'll see I love where that. It or maybe if like actually like making my own pizza into a five. I feel like that'll look terrible. <laughs> in theory, stellar. Yeah. In, in reality, that might I think be I really might hard. need to get like an actual pizza spot to like make it for me. Cause if I try to do it at home, it's yeah. not going to be cute. I think they would be down for that. I mean, people are always doing yeah, like, for I always sure. see Arthur and some stuff. They're always doing, um, big stuff for social media yeah so in Miami I have a spot which is so funny like we did this like yacht and they had a huge pizza and people are like literally they like they thought that was like a pizza I, blanket. That. <laughs> I remember that I was like dang yeah that looks really cool <laughs> I'm sure someone in Miami has, I mean in New York it's obviously in New York so they have to have a big pizza yeah no no they definitely do <laughs> So I have a short little game for you if you're into it. It's like opinion around of food trends. Um, so I'm going to name, I'm actually going to name four this time popular food trends because we already talked about the pastas that I was going to talk about before, the one pan ones. Okay. Um, so you're going to tell me if you're like for or against it, smash or pass kind of deal. All right, cool. So pretend drum roll. First one is the viral croissant from Lafayette Bakery. Smash. Smash. Oh, I never went there. I want to go. For sure. It's incredible. It's actually incredible. And I've had so many different flavors. They're all amazing. Okay. The chocolate one too. It's like, I'm such a chocolate. The chocolate one's great. My favorite is the pumpkin one. The pumpkin during like the, I think it was like October or something was like, oh my God, it was insane it was just and so the gin they had a gingerbread one too that was incredible Ooh. yeah i didn't try this month yet though so i'm gonna have to go there okay go <laughs> okay third um charcuterie boards the traditional ones cheese and pass really that's yeah i know it's just like i rather have like a grilled cheese like i want it in something i don't want like i don't pair yeah i know i'm very weird just People no. hate on me for that. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's interesting because I could eat cheese so easily. It's probably good. yeah. It's not my, like it's so weird, but like I don't want cheese on its own. Like I want it in something. Fair, fair. Like melted. Okay. Yeah. Um. Number three. So turning famous foods into candle scents. So Magnolia Bakery just turned their banana pudding into a candle. Cat's Deli did a chocolate egg cream candle. Smash. Why not? I actually just made a custom candle in Tampa as part of one. We went there for the tourism and they had us go to like custom candle making class. And I made, of course, mine was like food related. It was like a baked good. So yeah, smash. I like that. Oh, fun. I know. I want to make my own candle scent. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Okay. Fruit on pizza smash really yeah so i will say it's only if it's done right like like for example the pear and gorgonzola from mama's too that's delicious right. that yes. pairing is so good. also i had um in miami it's called the shark bite and it had a pine it has pineapple on it and i was definitely like okay like no no but like mm-hmm. i tried it and it was actually one of my favorite things in the world it had like ricotta i had a spicy salami 
the oh. pineapple. Like, I don't know. It was, just, it was so good. And like, it, it was perfectly crafted. I know that that sounds like ridiculous when you're saying pineapple on pizza, mm-hmm. but I promise you, like I, I raved about it because I took a bite and I was like, wait, there's just all the different flavors. They went so well together. The pizza itself was such a great crust. Okay. I could go on about that. So smash. <laughs> <laughs> I could, no, I'm loving this. I'm loving it. So I've had pear and gorgonzola on pasta. Have you had that? Yeah. So I haven't done it on pasta. Do it. Next video. (laughs) Yes. You should do that. No, I will. (laughs) So here's my final question for you because our lightning round is complete. If there Mm -hmm. is one cooking utensil product appliance that you think everyone should splurge on, what would it be and why? I think a good pan is probably key. Uh, Just... I feel like it's a staple. It's something you I use every single day. And mm-hmm. I feel like having a good pan is just so important. Agreed. I eat eggs every morning and my pan is very important to me. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like I use it every single day, whether it be for dinner or lunch, you know, I feel like it's just something. Like, yeah. I know that's so basic or a good knife. Ow. Knives. I feel like that, that might be more important because having a dull knife will literally It's not manageable. And once you get a good knife and you realize how much it changes the game, I feel like that's just next level. Yeah. Game changer. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You can follow Jessica on Instagram or TikTok at Cheat Day Eats, or you can check out her travel account at your room service. Hey, fellow foodies. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. And while you're at it, make sure to follow me at Livin' For Food Pod on Instagram or TikTok or email me at livinforfoodpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're cooking up this week, which guests you would like to see on the podcast, or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trend. Until next time, 